James Vath. Um, James, uh, introduce yourself for the audience. Yeah, James Vath, American, living in Japan, going almost 20 years now. And uh, I did the usual thing coming over here in the beginning, teaching English. But uh, then everything changed, like, almost five years ago now, so. Okay, so let's, um, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, um, let's get a little bit of your history. So what, what interested you, interested you in coming to Japan in the first place? And, um, what, what brought you to stay as long as you have? Oh, yeah. Well, in coming here, oh, sorry, I'm going to take my jacket off here. Suddenly I got hot. Yeah, I was finishing university at about 30 years old, and I was thinking, oh, it would be really cool to live overseas in another country. I had traveled a lot when I was in the Navy for six years, so I was like, living in another country for two or three years would be really cool. I mean, we always visited for a few days, but living somewhere for a few years would be great, so I started uh, looking into it. And I happened to mention it to a Japanese uh, student on my campus that I knew. And he said, oh, you should check out this program. And then one thing led to another, and I came to Japan. So. Oh, okay. And, okay. Uh, I mean, I had been here in the Navy like a long time ago, so I'd, I'd visited. You know, I, mean, I was here a year and a half in the Navy, so I knew a little bit about it, you know, the country. But, right, right. Yeah. So uh, the program you came came over on was that uh, Jet by any chance? Yeah, I didn't or, come over on a program actually. Oh, one more time. I didn't come over on a program oh. actually. Oh, okay. The program the program he recommended was uh, Wisconsin State Chiba Ken Sister State Program because oh I see my university was in Wisconsin, and I I applied for that and didn't get accepted. And then I applied for the JET program and interviewed and stuff and didn't get accepted. (laughs) So I came on my own. So, yeah. And the reason why I'm still here is just basically, uh, you know, inertia sets in. (laughs) The older you get, the harder it is to, like, make abrupt changes in your life, you know? Right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, a a lot of people come here with the intent of a few years and, you know, stay – quite long you know a lot longer you know i've been i'm going on 12 myself so yeah yeah are you are you married Shane? uh not no? yet no oh. no not not married so uh, um if you have any uh if you ever think about getting back i mean don't get married because that makes it so much harder i always think about it. i'd like to go back but it's just uh too hard at this point you know wife and two kids we got a house here she's got a good job you know, moving back to my hometown would be just about impossible to do. You know what I mean? I mean, just uh, right. finan- financially, you know. Right, right. Because you'd have to, you know, move the whole family over there and find a new job, new setup. Basically, a huge yeah. life change, not just for you, but for everybody. You know. So. Yeah. 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 Um, how long have you been married, if I may ask? Just uh, 10 years. 10 years. Past, hmm. In February. Past, no, 11 years. I'm sorry. February was 11 years. Our anniversary is uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, nice. We did, we, yeah, we didn't have a ceremony, but we went to the city hall and filled the papers. And I can remember it's 11 years because my daughter's 11 years old. <laughs> she was mm-hmm. born like th- three months after we got married. Okay. Okay. No, that's well, how I remember. Well, congrats, congrats on uh, almost eleven years. Then that's that's good. Yeah. So, um, so you you came over here and started uh, English teaching. How long did you uh, do that? Yo, about thirteen or fourteen years. Fourteen years, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Okay. I was I was working for a school, and I changed to another school, and then both those first two schools went out of business when I was working there. And then uh, I started my own school and did that for quite a long time. And even if you just, like, uh, don't have, even have your own classroom, you're going here and there doing the piecemeal work, you can still make a decent living, you know. But right. 
I, yeah, I did that about 14 years, I guess. I had my own, I was renting my own classroom and stuff. And uh, it was all right work, but towards the end, it's just so much of uh, the same pattern, the same thing over and over again. And nobody really seems to improve, you know, hardly. So I was really, like, wanting to get out of it. But yeah. Yeah. you can't see a way out because it's like a decent income and, you know, it's hard to transition to something else. Uh, in Japan here, yeah. Right, right. So, you um, you you were on a um, basically a, a spouse visa at this point when you had your own school. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was uh, on a regular visa until I got married. Okay. Then I went on the spouse visa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I, mean, part, I I'm, I'm sorry. Part of the time. Ahead. Part of the time. In the beginning, I wasn't on a spouse visa. My friend helped. My friend, a good friend of mine, Japanese guy, helped yeah. me, uh, helped sponsor me uh, in the beginning when I started my school. Because okay. it was just a, just me only working there. I can't sponsor myself. So the, the school was part of like his company or something. I don't know. He did all the paperwork. Really nice Japanese dude. Friend, long time friend. But after I got married, which was after the school started a few years later, then I went to the spouse visa. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, because I think depending on your visa, you have you know other other options. You know, wasn't sure if you were on a permanent residency yet or or anything. But I got permanent residency, but it was taken away later when I got in trouble. Yeah. Okay, okay. So let's uh, let's get to that. So you you mentioned that you got in trouble about five years ago. So um, yeah. care to indulge in that? Yeah, it was uh what. Was it five, five, four years and uh, about eight months or something? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. uh, four years ago from last May. Last year, May, four years prior to that. Okay. So this 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 May would be five years. So gotcha. Yeah, it okay. was it was my it was my daughter's birthday. <laughs> it was my daughter's birthday, and uh, I saw the kids up to school, gave them hugs and kisses as I always do. And yeah. then I didn't. I wasn't busy. I mean, I, I guess I had afternoon classes or something. It was a weekday, but I went mm. out to the storeroom to get a ladder, and like ten police bum rushed me, and uh, grabbed me up because in the storeroom I was also growing marijuana, and I, I had been snitched out by another American guy. It turned out, yeah. So, not a Japanese. It was an American guy that snitched me out. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Can, can you believe that shit, man? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I got arrested for growing marijuana, and tons of police came. They searched the whole house, and they found some a little bit of dried marijuana, like three only like three point something grams dried mm-hmm. dried cannabis. But in the uh, storeroom, I had a, like like a a bunch of small plants, maybe like you know eight inches or something, but like a right. like a hundred like a hundred of them, you know under some fluorescence and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I went to, I was in the police detention center there for six weeks. Six weeks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so, hmm. yeah. So, um, before we get to, to that experience, um, now were you aware of the harsh penalties that Japan had in, in terms of cannabis at this point, or were you, um, surprised at uh, the the level of uh, the draconian level of uh, punishment that was about to come your way. <laughs> no, no, I mean, mm. the, it, everyone's surprised when I say it. But to be mm. honest, I mean, uh, I mean, I know the attitudes about marijuana in Japan, but the punishment is the reputation is worse than what it actually is. Okay. To be honest, I yeah. mean. Yeah, a lot of guys even like to beat up on the Japanese for having like, well, you can get five to seven years. Nobody gets five to seven years, man. It, everyone, if it's your first offense and it's not selling, you get a suspended sentence. You okay. don't, don't do any jail time. But yeah, I mean, I knew I knew about how strict they are and stuff. Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm living here a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you um, you get raided by by the police and you spend six weeks in a detention center before your trial is that right 
Yeah, I was six weeks in the police uh, detention facility there, and then I got out on bail. And then the the trial was like after another month or two. Something actually, there's you have the one trial, and then you come back a month later, and then you get the sentencing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, how was your experience in the detention center? Well, if many people probably know, they can they can hold you up to like twenty four days without sentencing you. Which is in my case, it was twenty-one days, and then they rearrest you, and they do it again. So it became like three weeks, and then three weeks. It's a real like psychological fuck they do. The guy that snitched me out, I, t- I had talked to him before that, so I he didn't tell me he snitched me out like he should have, but uh, he told me that they re- had rearrested him. It, it's a psychological f- uh, fuck, man. You know? No. They, you're in the, you're in the detention facility for three weeks. And then they tell you, okay, you're getting out. And they take you, and they give you all your stuff back. They process you out. Then they take you downstairs. Like this other guy, the guy that ratted me out, he thought he was getting out. He was so fucking happy. And then they brought him downstairs, and they rearrest you. And they reprocess you. And they take all your shit back away from you again and bring you back upstairs and put you back in the cell. So, I mean, uh-huh. that's, that's what broke him. You know what I mean? He didn't snitch at me the first three weeks. But the second arrest, the rearrest... He gave gotcha. me up. He gave me up. Yeah, they, but they don't tell you what's happening because they want it to like, uh, dev, you know, hurt you psychologically. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's what happened. It was the first arrest was because this guy's told him I told the police that I sold him stuff, which I had. Truth be told, you know, I didn't tell the police that. But uh, the second rearrest, the second arrest, the rearrest was because they had found stuff at my house. Okay. Three point something grams dried cannabis and all these little uh, seedlings, you know, like eight inches high. So, so they, could, they had an extra charge to add on, which they don't need to because during the first three-week period, I was like, look, you already found everything, the evidence, so I can't deny it. If there was nothing there, I'd deny it, but you found some fucking weed, right? So... Look, yeah, I was growing weed for myself. I admit it. So I already, I already admitted it. They didn't need to rearrest right. me, yeah. but they did. They did it anyways because they want to mess with you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ah, uh, fuck. That sounds sounds pretty harsh. How were the conditions in the in the detention center, though? Yeah. Well, as again, I'll say the reputation is worse than what they actually were in my case. Okay. Like recently, we had this gone thing went on and on, right? Gone, and he's talking about like that night the lights don't get turned off, and I've heard that many times. But the lights get tur- they're turned off in my place, man. In the hallway, the, the fucking where the cops are patrolling you, there's lights, but your own individual yeah. room, the lights are turned off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, well, I'll explain. I'll describe it to you. It's like um maybe a four mat t- tatami room. Including okay. the including like the toilet area, you know, and uh, it's tiny, man. Which is a, another funny thing is you always see these guys in bashing the, the system saying you're in solitary confinement. That room's so small, you don't want another person in there. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. I had another guy in there for like three or four days. I fucking hated it. Get this guy out of my cell. I was fucking telling the people, you know. He he goes and takes a dump. You can smell his shit. His, pu- his pubic hair is all on the floor. You yes. know the you, you get a laden. I mean, there's only <laughs> there's only room in that space for like two futons laying right next to each other. It's yeah. Like, just get this guy out. I didn't I didn't want him there, man. It's horrible. Yeah. 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 So, You'd rather uh, be alone in that case. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah smell I mean, some guys farts all night or something. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, ridiculous, man. The the room's too small. I. Wanted him out gone right away. Yeah. So plus, I mean, I kind of like went a little bonkers or something in there, man. The stress of it or something. I was like walking in circles around my cell every day, mm-hmm. like like five hours. I had a routine. I had a routine where I'd walk in circles around my cell like five hours every day. I do two hours in the morning, two hours after lunch, and then an hour in the evening before lights out. And right. uh, yeah, just uh, for the exercise, just because it's 
too much time by yourself, you get a little stir crazy or something. Mm-hmm. If that guy was there, I couldn't walk. But when they got him out, I could get back into my walking routine. I lost like 12 kilograms, like 25 pounds in six weeks yeah. from walking every day. Yeah, around, yeah. Around, around the circumference of my cell, yeah. How's the food? Like, uh, yeah. it's just base, basic? I was just about to go there. That's another thing that people always yeah. say. The food's terrible, but we had good bento, man. It was like a company, regular company bento. Okay. A, bent, a bento company. Like, if there's another company that wants to order bentos for everybody, they'll order from that company. They were It was good, man. The bentos huh. were good. Food was good. Everyone always dogs the food. It was fucking top-quality bento. Better than, like, you're going to get the kombini. Better than a kombini okay. bento. Yeah. yeah. Always nice, like, tsuke bono in there. Yeah. And uh, it's the funny thing is, like, you're in there, you're not drinking, there's no sweet drinks, and, like, after like uh, a week or two, you start feeling really healthy, man. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no drugs, there's no alcohol, there's none of this sugar. Yeah, everyone's like, we're, I'm in, the, I'm in the bath, you know, with the other guys. They're all like, oh, I feel so healthy. This is great. It's like a spa <laughs> or something, man. You know, except for yeah. you, like, you can't leave. You're like in a tiny metal cage. But right. I mean, right. the food, the food was all right, man. I'm, people like people dog it a lot. Gaiji foreigners, you know, yeah. and I understand why they're doing it, you know, the reason, I mean, but uh, the food is not one of the bad things, you know, some of the things, some of the things that people complain about are just, are justified, like when you're getting interrogated, you can't have your lawyer present at all, yeah, yeah, and, you know, so every, you'll get interrogated every day for long hours, and you can't have your lawyer present. And they're just trying to get you to admit something or to contradict yourself. It's a real battle of the wits, man. The inter- and, and, but one of the things people always say is, like, the police will be really, like, aggressive and violent and shit. My mm. cop, the guy that was in- interrogating me, was super polite. He never got angry once. I got angry all the fucking time. I was like, you motherfucker! I'm screaming all the time. He was so cool. He never got Mm. angry, this guy. Mm. Never got angry. And uh, just trying trying to get you to admit to something that you, you know, that you did or trying to get you to contradict yourself, you know. Now, now see, you had had, uh, confessed, right? So do you think that changed their tactics or, or your treatment while you were there at all? Because you said they were trying to get you to admit something, but if you've already admitted to everything, then what, what, you know what, what were they trying to do? Well, no, I mean they found the weed and some plants, so they got that. But then they're asking you like details, like what what did you do? How did you do it? How long did yeah. you do it? Exactly what in which way did you do it? Yada yada yada. They ask you the, just the most stupid detailed questions, man. And they want you to like actually obviously name people. Really, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wrap people out. Well, that's like their their main strategy, right? Get people to confess onto other people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I was growing for about seven years, and I sold a lot to a lot of different people, man, <laughs> foreigners and Japanese. And there were a lot of people who were really worried when I was in, you know. But obviously, I didn't get give, give any names up, you know. Yeah. In fact, I mean, I was like really worried. That somehow somebody connected to me would get in trouble because of me. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to go. I used to go to sleep at night, really worried about that. Oh my God, what if, you know, Joe Schmo? I'm not gonna say anyone's real name, but what if he somehow in the soup nicest guy, this young American dude, whatever? What if he somehow gets caught up in this shit, you know? And yeah, and worried all the time, you know. But I didn't give yeah. him his name up, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, I mean, tell them. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I used no, to like. I used to like. You know. Well, I it was, like I said before, it was like a kind of a battle of the wits where you got to remember what lie you told the cop. You know, because you need to give them some of the truth, but not what really happened. Right. And like, what did I say before? And uh, you know, oh, I forgot what I was. Gonna, forgot where I was going with that, but yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I forgot my point. Whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. It'll come, ba- it'll ba- come back. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they just uh, they just try and wear you down to get you to give more information, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, getting people to rat on each other is their main strategy here, right? Yeah. So, I yeah. Mean, so, I was. I was. I, mean, I wasn't going for that. You know, I told them I'm not telling you anyone's name about anything. So. Don't waste your time with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Now the the guy that uh, that uh, ratted you out, like how was he caught? Do you know or? Um... Yeah, yeah, I know, man. I mean, basically, yeah. I talked to him once before yeah. I got before I got arrested. I mean, I saw in the paper he was arrested, and I cleaned up all my shit and put it out somewhere else. Yeah. And then, like, several weeks passed. I was overconfident. I mean, it's really embarrassing I got caught. I should have been smarter, you know. I was overconfident, and I thought, like, this guy will never wrap me out, you know. I mean, I waited a, a month or something. I don't know. And then I sort of started smoking in my uh, office, you know, with my buddy. And was starting up some some uh, seedlings to put out on a mountain, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I was I stopped by the guy's house. I didn't know he was out, you know. I stopped by there on the back on the way back from a job and like he's fucking there i'm like what i should have like given me a a clue right then he got out he didn't tell me he was out you know what i mean so yeah. i was so i was so stupid but i i talked to him and it was like uh he he had got it for me from some other guy some japanese dude and then that guy had got caught with it and read it on him and he and he in turn read me out you know, so okay so like yeah. the chain of rats, pretty much. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It stopped with me, man. So I just well, said, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's good. You know, no one else, you know, got caught up in it. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, what whereabouts in Japan do do you live? Yeah, Totori Prefecture. Okay. Yonago, Nick, uh, close to Yonago City. I'm not okay. in Yonago City. Yonago is like the Yonago is like the second largest city in Totori, which is actually the smallest prefecture in the in the whole country, right? Population wise, you know, it has the lowest population in any prefecture. Yeah, Yonago is the Yonago is the second largest city, and I'm outside of that. I'm in like a smaller area. It's like ten thousand people or something, you know. So, okay. Yeah. So, kind of, kind of like the. Yeah, Inaka out, out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah, it's it's Inaka for sure, man. Where I'm yeah, working so. now, where I'm working, I'm working now. It's like that pre- that little show is next to the show I live in. It's only got like three thousand people. It's a huge area, man. Tiny, yeah. you know. There's nobody there. No. So um, you you uh, you get out of the detention center. You have uh, out on bail. Then you have your trial a month later, and you get a suspended sentence, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how it went. Mm. Okay. And ba- how long was that for? It was, uh, what was it, like four, ye- three years suspended for four. So, uh, like I said, last May, or no, last yeah. last uh, September, the suspended sentence finished. Okay. Yeah, actually, the sentencing was on 9-11, believe it or not, yeah? <laughs> it's easy to easy to remember the date, right? Yeah, 9-11. Yeah. 9/11 the, the first court date was 8-10, I think it was, and then the sentencing was a month later, 9-11. And I got four year, three years jail time, suspended for four years. Okay. So I had yeah. that for that four years ended last September. It was kind of, it's kind of like hanging over your head or something, you know? Yeah. So was, during that time, what what is what is the um, the restriction there? Like, if you get caught doing the same thing again, or is it like any any crime? It kind of breaks it. Yeah, from what I heard, any crime. So, like even like a traffic accident where someone gets hurt or something. That's what I was always worried about. But I had yeah. a lot of people tell me, Japanese people, you know, if you have a, like a bad traffic accident where someone gets hurt. You'll get that those fucking three years put back on you, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was I was always worried about that, man. Out here in the boondocks, 
Lots of old people driving around. Christ, just last year, man, I was driving back from work. This old lady standing on the side of the road. And I'm driving, and I'm like, she's going to wait for me to pass, right? Right? She walked right out in front of my truck. I'm swerving to the fucking right and then back. She, you know, she's full of dementia. She don't know what she's doing, but it was like, cool. I had to swerve, man, you know? Right, if I'd have been right. like, if I'd have been like looking at my phone or something, it would have been death, you know? And that would have been me going to jail for that yeah. plus that plus, you know, the remorse yeah, yeah. of killing someone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus. Keep your no, old people no inside, you know what I mean? Jesus. Right. Right. Yeah, they're they're um they're 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 like that around here as well. You know, you just gotta you always gotta watch out for people. So yeah. especially in the country the country roads, you know. Yeah. Some yeah. uh some you know, old OG Chen just pissing in the street. You know, you gotta yeah. watch out for him. So where are you yeah. at, Shay? I'm in uh, I'm in Tochigi. Tochigi. Tochigi? Yeah. yeah, I don't even know what that is. Is that uh it's Shikoku, a, yeah? No, it's uh, over in Kanto. Oh, yeah, Kanto uh, area. So North Yeah. Kanto. Do you know um like it's it's one prefecture south of Fukushima? So Okay, okay. So yeah, out east. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're on the east coast. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 landlocked. It's a landlocked oh, prefecture, landlocked. but landlocked. yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Ibaraki, maybe north above Ibaraki. Uh, right, right next to Ibaraki. They're they're um to the east uh -huh. of us. Um, Gunma, Ibaraki, Fukushima, Saitama. So, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's a uh, it's it's uh it's real nice here. I mean, Utsunomiya is the main city, uh, but uh -huh. outside of that, there's you know small. Small towns. Uh, Nico is probably the most famous thing out here. You know mm. the um, historical area. Nico. Yeah. Nico whiskey. I was thinking that's Nika maybe. Nico. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, it sounds familiar, but I don't know. It's um the uh, Tokugawa Iesu. That's oh, uh, where right. he's buried. Yeah, that's where he's oh. buried up there. Oh. So mm. it's real, real beautiful up there. Nico is. Uh, mm. It's real pretty. Um, if you're into hiking and stuff, like Tochigi is a really good prefecture to go hiking in. Yeah, well, I think there's good hiking pretty much everywhere. You know, it's just all mountains and shit in Japan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even, even close by, there's just tiny little mountains everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like two, three hundred meter high mountain, yeah, you know, well, yeah. almost like exactly. hills, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But they're steep, yeah. Yeah, yeah like the, some of those, actually, the smaller ones like that are the ones where I've had to use ropes to climb to the to the summit. You know, the, the larger ones have trails pretty much to the top, so. Do you do you do hiking, then? Do you go hiking a lot? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I started hiking about 2011, and I've I've done it every year since then, so. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, I like hiking myself. I'm a big nature guy. Yeah. I'm from Minnesota, yeah, so. I uh, did a lot of hiking around here, too, myself. Yeah, I love it, for sure. And bird watching. And I did uh, camera trapping, you know, camera trapping. No, what's up? Like a trail cameras. Okay. You know, hunters use them like an automatic camera. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you set yeah. them on the trails. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a box. You tie it to a tree, and then you know, an animal comes and takes a picture of them. I oh, that. that. I. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Check my uh, check my photo albums on my Facebook page, man. I've got tons okay. of good pictures, man. Fox, okay. Tanuki, lots of martens, beautiful martens, man. Lots of good stuff in there. Badgers, pigs, and stuff. Lots of stuff, man. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. have to check that out. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, what what do you do now? Are you still uh, teaching, or have you done? Uh, have you moved on to other another um, vocation yeah well, that's a good question yeah well since the uh marijuana arrest destroyed everything you know uh i have i, I could have probably tried to go back to teaching english if mm -hmm. i wanted to i could have probably tried to go back to it but i just took it as an opportunity uh, to uh go a different direction you know it hasn't been easy, mind you, man, at all. I'm still dirt poor, man. Uh, but I think in the, you know, eventually, <laughs> it, 
it'll be good to get out of the teaching English thing. Eh? You teach English, don't do you not? Um, uh, I, I run, uh, I manage a couple of schools, but yeah, yeah. I started that way as well. Yeah. There you mm -hmm. go. It's yeah. the same, same business, man. Right. Managing or teaching is almost the same thing in my opinion, man. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it was a rough transition, and it's still not smooth. But uh, eventually, I hope it'll be it'll be good. The first thing when I first got out, I took like got it about six months off or something. And actually, mm -hmm. about four months off. Well, four months I didn't work there. Actually, shit, it was only three months now that I think about it. It was January the following year. I uh, need you need a job. You need money. So what can I do? You know so. I, I started uh, doing uh, agricultural labor, farm labor. Okay. Hmm. So I was doing uh, negi, negi work. You know negi, negi. Right? Yeah, the the, the little uh, onions. Yeah, green onions, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, like a Welsh onion, like a leek. They're they're pretty. They're yeah. big, thick ones. You know, they're not like a not like a scallion, but like a okay. big like a big leek, like a Welsh mm -hmm. onion. Properly called, they're Welsh onions. Yeah. <clears throat> I did that for like a year and a half. It was hard work, man. The first day I went there, man, I was dying. It's like you don't do manual labor for a long time, and then you try and do it, and forget about it. It kills you. Yeah. I, but, I bet uh, your back was hurting every day, right? Yeah, I mean, I had, yeah, I got like yeah, pinched nerves and stuff in my back. The first month or two, maybe, was pretty rough, but after that, you get used to it, you know? Right. So I did that. It was close by my house, too. The company, it's like walking distance. I could walk there in less than 10 minutes, man. So it's, that was nice, real close. It's a neighborhood. It's the same. It's the same show, you know, so. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I got kind of irritated in that job. And then this other guy offered me a job doing a shiitake. Okay. Shiitake cultivation, which was great, man. I swear, that shiitake, it's farm labor. And you're working outside every day, no matter what the weather looked like. It don't matter. You're outside working. Right. And <clears throat> the logs that they grow the shiitake on are real heavy. <laughs> man. Right. You got yeah. you to you you carry a lot of them like every day. <clears throat> but that all being said, it's still like the best job I ever had, in my opinion, man. Almost every day I was out in the mountain by myself working. By myself. Just me and the birds tweeting. You know. Yeah. Nobody bothered me. I'm carrying the logs. I'm doing the work. There's nobody bothered me. Just the sounds of nature in the mountain by myself. It was great, man. A large part of the year we were in this other different mountain. And uh, I was cutting down trees cutting them with the chainsaw, cutting them up into one-meter sections, pulling them with the, um, what's that called, Exca an excavator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, pulling them around. We had some uh, things to carry them out. Yeah, it was great, man. The logs, it was awesome, man. Just me outside in the mountain every day doing, like, hard work. It was great. Yeah, that, that but, actually sounds kind of, Kind of, uh, kind of nice. <laughs> to be honest with you, and yeah. dude, you would like it, man. I'm sure. Yeah. After a year, the guy cut me, though, man. I mean, the mm. guy, he was like a friend of a friend from like ten years ago. I didn't really know him, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, he was like, uh, he, he doesn't make that much money to have a, another employee. He mm. usually hires part time work and stuff, you know. So, anyways, and he's he rips people off a lot. I heard about later. But he paid me fine, so that was good. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that's good. At least he didn't get screwed on that. So, Fuck. and he then would, yeah, he would he wouldn't screw me, man, because he knows I live right Nick. I live near yeah. where he is. I know where all his shit is. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I'd go and take like a hundred logs or whatever. I would. I would get my revenge if I had to. Yeah. If he screwed me. Yeah. My yeah. good friend, this Japanese guy, Mister Yamane, good friend. I went hiking with him. A, one time, me and Mr. Yamane went down to Kyushu, mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> over the um, Shogat's vacation, we stayed at his wife's little family vessel, falling mm -hmm. apart, extra house. We climbed four mountains in five days, all nice. on the uh, Hyakumeza, the 100 famous mountains list. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. 
We did four and five days. It was great. Great guy, this my friend Mr. Yamane. So he he's how I found this other guy, right? He's he, he's okay. the guy that introduced me to this other guy. So he was working with this other guy, my old boss, and he bought all this equipment. He did all this work. He didn't get one yen money back. The guy fucked him for everything. Oh man. Yeah. That's, so I mean that's cold. Yeah. He, yeah. Right. He's a little douche. Yeah. I, I didn't find out about it till later. So that's why I was working there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah, Japanese people are so honest. Yeah, a lot of them will fucking rip you off, man. <laughs> so, they're just people like anyone else. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, that that's something a lot of people still, you know, unless you've you've lived here, you know, people just have this preconceived notion that you know Japanese are different than other people. No, yeah. they're they're human beings just like everyone else. You know. Exactly. So. Exactly, man. Mm-hmm. I've said the same thing so many times. People have this kind of like idealized notions of them in in different ways, you know. Idealize this way, idealize this way. But you know, they're no, they're just people, man. They put their yeah. pants on in the morning, go to work like everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have the yeah. same human weaknesses. The society has some benefits and some downsides. It's kind of unique the society, you know. But right. uh, people, the individual human beings, yeah, we're all made. Yeah. We're, all, we're all the same, right? You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. So now, since since you've um, been out and and you're you know uh, continued on with life, but you're now a uh, proponent for cannabis legalization in Japan, right? Yeah, it's funny yeah. you're you're leading us along very smoothly, man. I gotta give it to you there. <laughs> I can't keep track of it. I'm drinking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, after I got out, yeah. I mean, I never said boo about it before, but uh, I mean, when I got arrested, man, the the wrongness of it, the injustice of it, the indignity mm-hmm. of it, man, really, I felt it really deeply, and I still do this day, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so wrong, man. You get a plant, it's a medicine, <clears throat> it helps people, it doesn't harm anyone. Right. And if you have any connection with that plant, they'll take you and they'll throw you into like a little metal box, like yeah. uh, like you're cage. A, yeah. a, it's a cage for sure, man. And like like a a dog that has rabies or something, or some some sick animal or something that dangerous, they'll throw you mm-hmm. in there, man. I mean, it it's not a joke, man. It's a fucking metal box, man. You get inside one of those things, you'll see it. The whole fr- the sides are concrete, but the whole front is like a really metal screen, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, every little window section has like a hundred rivets. It's like advertise advertise against ability to keep you in there, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 You, the, and you, and you, the fact that you they throw you in that just for having this uh this plant that's that's uh not even harmful you know like alcohol tobacco or, or everywhere in japan and this is something that is you know can help actually help people with many ailments you know yeah very true yeah. man i tried to yeah. tell that to the uh investigating detective guy that was uh interrogating me all the time you know i told him man look look on the internet and you'll see right alcohol and tobacco cause more social harm than any other drug right and yeah. and marijuana helps people, but yet alcohol is legal and marijuana is illegal. It's like completely upside down, reverse to the logical order of things, you know? Right. And, I mean, he, yeah, he, to his credit, he kind of listened a little bit, man, but, you know. I well, said that a big times. Yeah, the, 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 the people I've encountered, they say, yeah, that might be true, but the law is the law and you have to follow the law, you know? So, yeah, yeah. but the, the argument I always make then is, okay, well, certain laws in the past have, you know, are they just because it's law, does it make it moral? You know, like, uh, I mean, you can equate it. You could go back to, you know, slavery yeah. in the United States was yeah. legal and that's, that was net, you know, an evil thing. Um, it, there's so many examples of that. You know what I mean? So, yes, and you are 100% right, and I've said that so many times, man, you know what I mean? Mm. Legality and morality are not the same, right? 
And there's been lots of like things that we now know are immoral, but they were they were legal at the time, you know. Right. I mean, yeah. not just slavery, but like you know the the Jews in Germany or maybe mm-hmm. even Koreans in Japan. Like you got to report your neighbor, and he'll probably yeah. get killed because of what his race, his ethnicity, you know, many things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I've said many times the exact same thing you just said. I had a student actually, man. A girl, and I had her from like age four or five, man. Maybe still, maybe six, up to mm-hmm. like graduating high school. I had right. a long term, long term student, man. And yeah. she, and uh, at you know, one of my two success stories at the end, she was like fluent in English, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, towards the last few years, we were reading lots of interesting stuff, like psychological studies. If you do like mm-hmm. uh, Wikipedia search. Psychological studies, um, lots of interesting things come up there. Like the one where they have to like uh, keep administer administrating the electric shocks. Yeah, yeah. You know that you know that one. Yeah, is that the uh, is that that's um, yeah. more recent one, right? Um, well, well, I say recent. It's not like it's not like nineteenth century uh, psychology. Yeah, it's like seventies or eighties, I think, man. Right. But like, it's all like the guy's wearing the lab coat. And he says, "Give them another shock, hmm. so that they to the person in the next room, so they do it, even though they don't want to do it." The guy in the lab coat is nobody, anyways. He's just okay. fucking like a yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like the 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 authority of that lab coat, you know. And they're like, "I don't want to do it. You must complete the test." Oh, okay. Yeah. And the, the person in the other room is fucking screaming, ah, but they do it anyways because they got to obey authority, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we read all that shit, me and this girl. Lots of yeah. stuff like that. We read um, Lord of the Flies, Animal Farm, lots of good stuff, subversive mm-hmm. literature good. like Some this. Some Orwell in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. man. Fucking right. And at the end, like, I was asking her, you know, is there any kind of situation where you think it might be morally right or like you think you could you know break the law yeah and she was like no <laughs> wow no, yeah. no i was like i'm a failure <laughs> i did my best over years to try to like put some kind of authority questioning mm-hmm. vibe into this girl and it just didn't work i mean uh yeah yeah. The the hope is that maybe later in life, some of that stuff she read will sink in or something. Yeah. Well, come come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She took it all in the beginning. Maybe it just takes a little while to develop in her mind. You know, Jesus. The the things I've noticed about people, um, mostly Japanese people, who are more apt to question authority or to to you know, just be a little bit, uh, think outside the, you know, the cultural society's box or ones who've lived abroad, you know, even if it's sure, a couple oh, yeah. of years in Canada or the U.S. or Australia or anywhere, really, they come back, even if they live the rest of their life in Japan, they see, they know what it's like to be outside of Japanese society and rules. And they're like, you know, there's another world out there as you know, so yeah, they're more yeah. apt to, to be flexible in a lot of areas, I've found. Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt, mm-hmm. yeah. At, the, at my recent Christmas party at my friend's English school, there was this girl there. High school girl. Still, yeah. man. She's going to school in California. She's asking me where she can get some weed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man, but... Uh, yeah, she's like, it's yeah. California, we... it's pretty much everywhere now, you know. Well, it's yeah. pretty much always been everywhere there, but, you know. Totally yeah. different, man. I've got mm. a few good Facebook friends, Japanese people that, like, they grew up for, like, a, I don't know, a few years or whatever, as in their in their kid age, in their mm-hmm. childhood. I don't know, maybe four, three, four, five, six years in America or Canada or Australia or New Zealand or something. They come back. They don't fit in. They're like, yeah, these people are mental, you know. They're thinking about yeah. the Japanese. They, the whole mindset changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. 
Obviously, man, you got to get into this Japanese system from the beginning and get it fucking molded onto you by your parents and the school system and the whole society <clears throat> and have it constantly reinforced and then never leave the system, never leave the system at all mm-hmm. in order for it to really be effective, man. Because any kind of like other viewpoint that kind of seeps in there is going to make you question that, you know, uh, right. that, uh, What's the word, man? The um, oh, I can't think of it. The, yeah, it's uh, just the, the, you know, the conformity of the society, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like that, you know, the the saying, you know, the nail that sticks up gets hammered oh, down, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The paradigm, paradigm is the word I was thinking of. Man. Okay, paradigm, gotcha. Yeah, the whole the whole system together. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> I love that phrase. I was thinking about using it. Uh, for my show, I have an art show coming okay. up yeah. in like uh, May. Just me, just because I'm renting a small gallery space, nobody is like celebrating me. I have to celebrate myself. But I rented a small gallery space, and I'm gonna be able to get up like 100 pieces or something, man. Cool. <laughs> and uh, the nail that sticks up. Just like two hours ago, I was thinking about that. I've mm. been thinking, trying to think about titles. And like uh, that might be a good title. I was thinking the nail that sticks up because it works yeah. both. It works both in Japanese and English. You know, I could go yeah. Derekui, the nail that sticks up. You know, like mm-hmm. like that. You know? Yeah. So, um, can you get into a little bit about what kind of art you do and uh, how you got into that world as well? Yeah, I mean, I went to university for art. Okay. So, uh, when I was in the Navy, I used to take a lot of pictures, and so I was just thinking photography, and I, I didn't, I hadn't broken it down to photojournalism or art. I was just thinking photography, so they put me in the art department, and I just started becoming, I started studying art without actually okay. having decided to study art, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, I did a lot of art. I, I did a lot of uh, photography, did a lot of collage, wrote a lot of poetry and back in those days. Came to Japan, and I wasn't feeling it for a long time, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something about Japan, like you know, the first, well, I don't know, 10 years, man, 15 years, just like really um, stifling, I felt like stifled. Like mm-hmm. I could I couldn't get any kind of like uh, really uh, energetic, creative vibe going, you know. But right. uh, I did a little bit here and there, but I couldn't really get into it, you know. But last year, Jesus, oh yeah, after the shiitake job, man, I was doing a construction job. <laughs> construction. Yeah. Fucking rebar. I was doing rebar for four months. Oh, man. In the middle yeah, of yeah. summer. In the middle of summer. Rebar gets hot, man, and it's heavy as fuck. And it was like 33, 34 degrees every day, which I could have put up with. But my boss was a douche and always yelled at me. So I quit after like four months. But yeah, so after I quit that job, uh, I, my knees were hurting me. I was laying on the couch and uh, for like a week or two, you know, and, uh, I had downloaded this some kind of photo editing app onto my phone. Like a mm-hmm. m- couple months before, but never used it. Right. And then just out of the boredom, I started using it just out of boredom. And like the floodgates opened, you know. I just started making collage. I call it digital collage. Okay. Is what I call it. It's like collage, but it's a little bit different maybe from cut and paste collage. So I call it digital collage. It's lots of images mixed together. It's all digital. And I was using my phone for a long time. Now I do it on the computer on Photoshop. And uh, it's digital art, but it's kind of collage I don't know, man. I try to make a nice image. It's all yeah. about the color. The color, <clears throat> and I put text on my... All of them have a human element, and they almost all have text in them. And I try to ooh, make some kind of... Uh, Text that is not related to the image necessarily, but uh, yeah. So I'm, every day I'm into it, man. For like a year, it's been like that was that was also nine eleven. Okay. Last, <laughs> last 
last year, 9-11, the day after I quit my construction job. And I've been making it every day since, you know what I mean? It's really awesome. Yeah. And you have, um, you have, uh, you can, you show that off on social media, like uh, Facebook and Instagram, correct? Yeah, it's on my Facebook and I have it on Instagram and I have, I've made a separate page, Facebook page for it called Meta Collage. But I mean, the reaction's been mixed, I'd say, you know, I mean, it's funny in the beginning, in the beginning, people really like it and they're like, I love it, I love it, but. I, I post, maybe I post too much. I work every day. I put in like three, four, five hours every day doing this beside right. my job. That's when I work. That's when I have a job. I mean, before and after work. Mm-hmm. And the day, if I have the day off, it's like eight or nine hours, you know. And I'm working every day or posting every day. I think people get sick of seeing it. <laughs> it's too much, you know. They see it every day it comes up. People in the beginning always, there's like a new friend. In the beginning, they're loving it, they're loving it, and slowly, slowly, the enthusiasm kind of wanes, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just too much, you know. Uh, but you've built up quite a portfolio now, though, so, I mean, for your gallery, it uh, you should have you should have quite a bit to show off. Yeah, yeah well, I have like 100 pieces, I'd say. I've made, I've made like 650 now. Uh, I'm going to show about 100, pick the best ones, but the goal, my goal is to make 10,000. Okay. Which it just came to me on a whim, like, after I was about three weeks into it, you know. Just for no reason, I don't know, man. <clears throat> I mean, I've always I've always felt like and known, like, uh, to be a great artist, you, you have to be prolific. Yeah. Do a, lot of, do a lot of work. So that's my goal is to just do, like, 10, make, like, 10,000 of them over a 20-year period or something, but... Right. I think at the, at the end of the second year, I'm just I'm gonna stop putting them on social media because I mean people do it's too much, you know. Hmm. Well, or I mean you could just space them out, you know. Yeah, maybe pick the best one a week or something. Yeah, yeah, but that's cool, man. I mean it's 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 always nice to get that um, find your outlet, creative outlet. Uh, I know years ago um, I was working at a at a school and. Every year, the the kids would have a a school play, right? And for that, they would have to have this backdrop. And it was the teacher's job to to make that. So, you know, they'd do something like Wizard of Oz or, you know, Peter Pan or something like that. And Mm. um, I've always, you know, enjoyed drawing and, and painting. So I would just get giant sheets of paper, square them together, sketch out kind of what I wanted, you know, look at a few things for inspiration but then i would just get a just a pencil and do a light a very light sketch on this huge sheet of paper and just get the paints out and just dive in you know sometimes seven eight hours a day after my after i was supposed to go home i stayed you know seven hours after work just dove into this thing and just painted you know and I, i felt i didn't i didn't feel like oh i i wasted my time i felt man that was my, my head was clear you know what i mean so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. yeah of course so. yeah it's great mm-hmm. it's like uh, too fun man right that's what you should be getting paid for man <laughs> right right so i um i bought uh last year i bought some canvases and uh and some and some paints and like you though i i feel like uh my, my problem is I feel like I'm I'm waiting around for some sort of inspiration or something, and and oh, I think yeah, I just yeah, need to, yeah. I just need to start doing it because I I doodle every yep, day, I yep, sketch yep. something every day, you know, but yeah, yeah. I don't I never put it in in a project, you know. Yeah. Dude, yeah, just get into it, man. I yeah. mean, I, I had like long time where I wasn't do, making any art, you know, but once it started up, the second it's just this now time, right? Then I mm-hmm. just I just told myself I'm gonna just make it every day and even like some days like you said you don't feel it right you don't right. you don't feel you don't feel inspired it doesn't matter you gotta make something make something yeah 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 so, you just gotta just just do it I mean you, yeah. you you look at someone like uh, Bob Ross you know he he just he made it a TV show you know he's yeah, like that yeah, that yeah. forced that forced him to do it you know so yeah. that's sweet that's, 
Yeah. Anything so. doesn't matter. Even if it's even sometimes it don't turn out good, man. But if mm-hmm. you make something, that's the thing, man. You you it's a success for the day. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're put you're putting in the you're putting it in. Yeah. Have you ever read the uh, the book um um The War of Art? Not not the not war. the Art of War, but The War of Art by oh, uh, Stephen Pressman. No, I don't think I have no. Yeah, so he's he's a writer and um Basically, the war of art, he wrote a book about how it's not about, it's just, you know, the work that you put in for anything, whether it be art or writing or or anything, it's not about necessarily having skills or anything. It's just show up, just show up and do it, you know, and and he says uh, he every day he has this little ritual. He sits down in his computer, just just types for four hours until he starts getting tired saves his work onto an extra disc, goes out to his car, puts that in just in case of a fire. He doesn't want it to burn burn up. Sure. And he turns his computer off and he's done. He's like, no more. But I put in my work for the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Totally, a, He doesn't man. care if it's good or if it's bad or not. He'll, he'll worry about that later in the yeah. editing phase, you know? So That's very yeah. wise, man, I think. Uh, you yeah. got to put in the work, man. That's all it is. Just every day, work, 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 and it'll the work develops itself, man. And you're like, right. you know, you automatically just will become good <laughs> by putting in the work, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was a guy I went to university with, another art student guy. He's a teacher now, and he put a, he wrote on Facebook one time, man. I don't know. Hard work and kindness wins the day, man. And I always thought that was a good quote, you know. I mean. If you work hard and you're kind to people, I mean, that's you're gonna be good in life, man. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I'm still, you know, I'm I'm still in my mid 30s, but the older I get, the more I see these simple platitudes that you think, ah, whatever, yeah. when you're young, and then you're like, it's it's true though, you know, like you um you come to appreciate things like that more, I think. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, still there's still there's a lot of platitudes on the Facebook man that are. Too platitudy, you know what I mean? But <laughs> too, too platitudy, yeah, right. So um, uh, one other um, creative outlet that you have is, is making um, uh, memes for Japanese uh, audience, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. That's, that's, funny. that's funny, man. I was just thinking, oh, yeah, we should talk about the meme thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And you bring it up, it's like, just right in the right order, yeah? Yeah, yeah I was just thinking about that too, yeah? It le- leads into that, yeah? Really, like you're good at the podcasting, man. Smooth no, transitions, smooth transitions, man. <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking that's where we should go next, and like, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's as part of my creative thing. I'm using the, it's a fortuitous, you know, uh, accident or whatever that uh, I'm doing the digital art, and like a lot of people are on digital media and. You can uh, influence opinion with uh, memes and stuff. Digital production. It's like digital content. Mm. You're not just taking something and resharing it. It's like creating new content. I make new memes, you know. I've made like... (laughs) I can't remember the exact number, but I've made like... Maybe like a hundred, man. I don't know. Maybe like eighty, a hundred. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Memes, pro cannabis memes, uh, in Japanese language. You know, I had noticed really. It's so funny, like different cultures, man. But uh, you know, American Internet EOS, the meme, the meme is a very common thing, right? The You're little, right. the little poster with some kind of message, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but it, you never see it in Japanese. No, no. Japanese, right? Am I wrong? No, I, I've never. I mean, Japanese uh, online communities like Japanese Twitter, you, you normally don't see things like that. No, yeah, you're no. right. Never. It's like, uh, why not? Is what I'm thinking, you know? Anyway, so like, I'm thinking, okay, so up until that point. All my Twitter posts and my Facebook posts are like taking the logical route. Like my whole life is fucking dedicated to convincing the Japanese <laughs> to 
legalize marijuana. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why yeah. they should, why it's good, why it's moral, why they should do it. Any kind of angle going in that direction is what I'm focused on, you know? Right. And, I mean, I'm reading books about how to persuade people, you know, mm. so I can learn persuasion techniques in right. order to further that goal. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want anyone else to be fucking locked up in a fucking dog cage like I was for no good reason. And that's wrong. It's morally wrong. And I mm. want to change that. So, after a while, I thought, like, well, there, no one's making memes. I mean, why not? So, <clears throat> my Japanese not perfect, but, uh, you know, I can make a meme in Japanese, you know. And the meme, I, one, in one of the books I read, actually, researching this, you know, how to change people's minds, right? Mm-hmm. One of the books I read is, like, you know, peep, and some of the podcasts I listen to, mind you, I listen to yeah. a lot of science-based podcasts and stuff and people one of them i one of them i like that's probably a podcast actually people make their decisions not based on logic no not based on reasoning mostly i mean that comes into into play but mostly it's based on emotion Mm -hmm. they've done studies of that you got your frontal cortex and you've got like your um amygdala in your emotion-based systems, right? The limbic system. The limbic system, including the amygdala, controls a lot of the emotion. Uh, it's really like an old system, man. It controls your emotional feelings. Yeah. But it has connections to your frontal cortex and other er- reasoning areas. And it influences them. You know what I mean? So. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there's a huge influence and a huge feedback from these emotional systems. People make decisions on whether to go and fucking uh, go to war with another country. Hey, should we go to war with Iran? Yeah! (laughs) I mean, they make that decision based on an emotional feeling, not a fucking rational decision in their brain. You know? And like, that's, that's basic human nature man that's why memes are so effective because it touches your emotion an image gonna affect you emotionally much more than just uh some text a yeah. language a language-based argument you know what i mean yeah therefore, that's uh... go ahead therefore therefore i started making memes in japanese to try to influence the argument man you know influence the people yeah that's actually, yeah, I'm sorry. yeah, and that's actually how I found out about you. Um, just some people that we both follow on on Twitter would reshare some of the memes that you had made, and oh. I thought, oh, I've never seen anyone do this. I'm like, oh, he's not even Japanese. That this guy, who is this guy? You know, so uh, yeah. uh, did some digging around. Yeah. Well, well, thanks, thanks, yeah. From the beginning, yeah. I was, I thought like can't do it in, in English. It has to be in Japanese. The, the, the target audience is Japanese. Like, in, in the end, foreigners like us can't do really anything, man, in Japan. We can right. only, like, kind of uh, support something that's already there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. There, there are pro-cannabis people in Japan. And I'm just trying to, like, further that movement Right. You know what I mean? Help it along. Because, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So, that's it, man. You know? Yeah. And it, it, it's a growing movement, too. I mean, there, there's I a lot so. more There's a lot more people who are in support of that than a lot of people might think. So, there's actually a bar um, here in Utsunomiya. It's just, it's a regular, regular bar um, that you'd see in any city, really. Chill place. Um, went in there a few months ago and they had leaflets advertising the, the documentary Weed the People, uh, you know, that was making yeah, its yeah. rounds in Japan. And and I thought, you don't see this regularly, but this, they not only had one, they, they had it, you know, everywhere. You know, they, yeah. was, they were just, they were really promoting it. And then um, just north of here in, uh, in Nasu, there's a uh, cannabis museum. Oh, uh, 
yeah, yeah. And they showed the whole history of of cannabis related to like the Shinto religion and mm-hmm. how Tochigi Prefecture used to be the number one cannabis producing prefecture in Japan. Mm-hmm. And they even have uh, photos of uh, the Emperor Hirohito coming in and inspecting the cannabis fields. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're really cool people up there too. So mm-hmm. yeah, so there there's there people exist. You know, in this in this country, that are in there, and they're being more public about it. So. For sure, yeah. I want them to be more public about it. You know, you should see yeah. it like in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? I do yeah. the same thing in my neighborhood. You know, the internet is one thing. You know, but you do the same thing in your neighborhood. People like, react differently. You know, <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. It was like I've always liked people in my neighborhood, my kids, friends, parents. Mm-hmm. Or like we go at the uh, local matsuri, you know, not not like the cho matsuri, but like the shuraku matsuri. Yeah, like, like the, uh, the neighborhood one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I'm like talking to people about cannabis man, all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Last it was like last last uh, year. No, fuck, it was this year, man. In the summer, God, when was that, man? This year, yeah, this chick smoking a cigarette. I don't know. I was drunk, man. So I, I probably, mm-hmm. I probably should have restrained myself. But I was she's smoking a cigarette, and I was just like, you know, that cigarette is worse for you than cannabis. And she was like, what? It was a big yeah. explosion, man. And we had a huge argument after that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Probably, probably wasn't good, but. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I, yeah, but I guess, but yeah, I mean, and any way you can get the uh, the message across, you know. So keep yeah. um, keep doing what you're doing. Um, so uh, where where can people find you uh, online? Like in terms of your um, your your memes and your art and and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I have my art and my weed memes. So okay, the weed meme is probably only interesting for Japanese people, man. So it's foreigners all listening to this, right? We're not talking Japanese, right? So oh, they might find it interesting though. So mm. just to see, you know, and they could they could share it with their friends as well. So um, uh, yeah. any anything you want to share, we'll put in the uh, the show notes uh, after the show. So yeah, well, you can put my. You can put my Instagram account okay. in there, and okay. uh, maybe, maybe I didn't see on Facebook, but uh, Meta Collage I have made a separate page. Okay. Meta, Meta Collage that would be good. Cool. My cool. Twitter account, and, you know. I mean, really. All right. Anything's okay. Cool. Sounds nice. Sounds nice. Well, James, uh, thank you for sharing your story, and uh, keep up the keep up the good fight, and. Uh, uh, we'd like to have you on again at some point. Yeah, that'd be great, Shay. Anytime, man. Cool, cool. So um, uh, you have a nice night, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, bro. I appreciate it, man. Okay. Thanks. Yep.